This week, we're four days past full gear, ten days away from war games, and continuing through the endless march of time that is covering professional wrestling. We've got the rundown of this week's AEW Dynamite and NXT, plus final thoughts on full gear, and the latest update on AHCH's status with WWE tonight on Heal Alternative. Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, November 13th, 2019, and welcome to episode 7 of Heal Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse podcast covering the world of professional wrestling, including AEW, NXT, and all of the wide world of wrestling outside of Vince's purview. Heck of a show for you tonight. Uh, yeah, we've had a couple uh, real long episodes the past few weeks, so let's, it's you know, it, it's nice that wrestling seems to be kind of getting back to normal and things are being less shitty, although one big thing did happen that we will get into very shortly here. But let me waste no more time here. I am your host, John Gerecki Maxwell, joined as always by Oscar Bernard. Yo, what's up? And Trace Evans. John, I accept. Whoa. Okay. I mean, you got you got the fire of your of your homeboy, uh, Darby Allen. Hell yeah. I mean, today was pretty cool, all things considered. Like I I just you know had today off and I just kind of slept a bunch and it felt good and everything. Yep. Um, Hell yeah, sleeping baby. I saw the yeah. Irishman today. How was that? It was really good. Not bad. It's long, but it's really fucking good. Oh, it's a oh. movie. It's a movie, and or it's last week's episode of The Alternative. I was about to say, like, you saw an Irishman. What? Wait a minute. What? Why yeah, is this news? New, it, it's the new Scorsese film that's being made exclusively for Netflix, and it has like a one-week-only theatrical run to make it eligible for an Oscar. Oh, nice. How does it compare to a Marvel film? I mean... <laughs> Fucking hell, I was going to go there, too. <laughs> you know... On the scale of one to Guardians of the Galaxy... Uh, this is this is like this is a real film, so it's not on that scale. So he doesn't join the Avengers. He no he the Irish the Irishman unfortunately is not the newest superhero. Are you sure? Did you watch past the credits and stay there for like five minutes? At oh wait, you weren't in theaters, were you? No, it was in theaters. It was okay. The, it was its brief theatrical run. Okay, so you were there at the theaters. You you did wait after the credits, right, to make sure like Nick Fury didn't show up. Oh yeah, I did. Just we were we were asked to leave because the next showing was starting soon. Oh, it's almost a four hour film. Jesus, really? It's it's three thirty eight. Wow, man, maybe there's hope Peter today. Jackson territory know? here. Yeah, what the and hell? Like, here's the thing. It doesn't feel like it's a four-hour film. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's actually really good. My knees were in fucking pain, but, you know. Yeah, that's that's how movies work. You sit there doing nothing, and eventually everything dies within you. I was never bored, which, you gotta again... got to go to one of those theaters that has, like, the recliner seats. Those are always really This nice. was oh, one those... of those theaters. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm a very tall person. Yeah, that's they they need like the big boy chairs. Yeah. They need to they need to make more more seats designed for fat people. Okay, now actually 
thinking about this because my dad is actually a tall guy who suffers from some theater seats as well. Was it the leg room in general or like could you get like an aisle seat that maybe didn't have as much of an issue or? Uh, it was it was the leg room and the fact that like despite the fact that it was a 12 like it was a noon showing on a Wednesday the theater was actually pretty full so I like couldn't stretch my legs out. That sucks. Yeah. Like Oscar, I norm- what's your final rating? How many bags of popcorn? Uh, this is a, a a genuine like ten out of ten film. Cool. Okay. It was again like the CGI to make De Niro look like he did in the seventies looks way better than fucking Gemini Man. Huh. Like because this one wasn't in fucking one hundred and twenty frames a second, it looks good. Well, all right then. And Joe Pesci should win an Oscar. I do like Joe Pesci. I'm glad to see him being stuff now. That's cool. I'm glad I he's mean, still alive. He has that yeah. album. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you can never take that away from him, although I think we'd like to sometimes. Very much. Very much. Jesus He's a wise Christ. guy. <laughs> <laughs> This is... Oh my we, God. We, we need to talk about actual wrestling. I'm going to just yeah, force let's, it. Let's, I don't know how to segue out of that, so let's just get right on into our first topic here. Uh, yeah, as we alluded to before, shit got weird today when mm-hmm. uh, ACH, uh, formerly Jordan Miles of NXT, the uh, NXT breakout tournament winner recently, uh, and of that really racist shirt fame, uh, went on Twitter and live fucking live shot a video of him uh, announcing that he's quitting WWE. Good on him, honestly. I mean, I'm surprised. I, I honestly thought that that stuff a couple weeks ago was him quitting WWE. I was expecting it to be a situation where WWE.com and WWE on Twitter would have just said, hey, uh, we're cutting ties with him and that's it. And then he'd go on and do a shoot video. But nope, we're getting right to the chase here. Now, yeah, I mean, it's it's strange how it's played out. I mean, because I, I did a, look, a little bit of looking into uh, how it's all building up. And, like, you know, 10 days ago, like, November 3rd, he had posted something on his Twitter, like, being like, hey, uh, if WWE doesn't give me, like, uh, any statement in this or comment on this, then I'm going to, like, fucking say some shit or I'm going to do some shit. Uh, so it seemed like they probably had, like, reached out to him somewhere along the line and tried to talk with him something. And I, I would assume that something, like, kind of went wrong here or, like, he didn't get the answer that he was looking for. So he, like, went here. They, they probably started victim-blaming him as the WWE would want to do. Like, hey, don't you think he got a little out of hand there, maybe? Maybe it was just a little much what you reacted there. Do you maybe feel sorry about that? Like, obviously, yeah, you we understand that you were upset, but this reaction, I mean, that's just so unprofessional. How could you, you know, do this? You just, you, it's, it's, it's not good for our entire, it's, not, it's just not good for the business. We just, we need you to, we, we can talk about this behind the scenes, but you just, you can't put it out there like that, Mr. Miles. Well, he put it all out there, like, I don't know, for something today, uh, Eastern Time, when he put sure out a, a video, uh, live-streamed it on uh, on Twitter, uh, in which he said, uh, and I quote, as of today, I'd like to officially announce that I quit fucking WWE. Yep. I saw the video. He sure did say that. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Out of curiosity, 
does he still work for WWE? Like, technically, could WWE hold him under contract for the next five years and just be like, yeah, fuck you, we're not going to release you? I feel like there's a little test here to that, and that is called the independent contractor test, and do they really want to go to court with the guy who's very angry at them and see this through? Yeah, but as much as I hate to say it, counterpoint, WWE can literally drive ACH to bankruptcy. They could. They will hold him in legal fees for five years. They could. They could be incredibly petty, and I wouldn't put it past them to try it. It's just, I, I wonder if it's really, if that much blowback is really worth it to them. Because that would it's be... It's fucking Vince McMahon. Yeah, how... I think he is finally, as of some of the things that have happened recently, maybe he's bending a little bit on trying to be so racist like he usually is. Like, obviously not the shirt, because he's still very racist there, but maybe in things like, yeah. you know, oh, hey, we, we should never let a black person be champion. Oh, wait, no, we just had three of our top guys threaten to quit the company if they didn't get the run they deserved. I feel like, like she yeah, threatened to, to quit. Yeah, basically, if you watch the Twitter videos they put up, basically saying, like, yeah, if Kofi doesn't get this run he deserves, uh, we're basically, we've lost our faith in wrestling. Huh. To your point, I do think that he is a little bit more worried about the optics right now and, like, mm-hmm. concerned about, hey, how this company looks to be, like, under a microscope of uh, their past racial history. Like, I, I think that he has to be a little bit more apparent of it right now. Like, I hate, I hate whether to that's s- going to overweigh his pettiness, it remains to be seen. But yeah, I hate to say it, but, like, what's the worst that'll happen? Another John Oliver video that fans forget about the next week? Um... CBS covers it in a 60 Minutes story. But again, though, it's like, remember when they did that fucking John Oliver WWE bit and all the wrestling fans were like, wow, this is really terrible. And then they all watched WrestleMania and didn't care. Yeah, but still, this is a little worse than that. Yeah. This is a little more targeted. This is a little more racist than that. It's one thing when you say, yeah. Yeah, they uh, they could really stand to unionize, and the wrestlers are treated like shit. It's another thing to say, hey, uh, they're blackballing this wrestler quite literally because of his race and because he wouldn't just accept having a racist t-shirt put out about him. And Just to be more cynical about it, like, it's a lot easier to make a case when you have, like, an actual person to put it behind, an actual face to put it on. Like, the John Oliver stuff is definitely like, yeah, that's bad and everything, but it's also like, it's just a general thing, like, oh, yeah, these wrestlers in general are getting fucked, and this is bad, whereas this is a story that's like, no, this one wrestler is getting absolutely fucked because of racist bullshit. Yep. And they've gone out of their way to cover stuff like this up. See Scott Hall's rehab treatments repeatedly. Can you imagine what happened if he got loose from that stuff? And that became a recurring story where they weren't helping him. What happened with Scott Hall? He's a drunkard. Other than his... But, like, is there a specific thing with his alcohol problems, or... I mean, where do you want to start? Like is WWE... That's way off topic, and that is way more yeah. shit than I can bring up here, dude. Get the Tai Chi timer. Get the Tai Chi timer. Yeah, I will totally not. Like, like look it up. Flat so ass. okay, yeah, he's got a. He put out a first video that's that's still up there. It's about a minute long. There's, you know, he's definitely very angry and upset. And there's a part where he kind of. Uh, 
trails off and just like starts looking at his phone and gets noticeably angry. I I do feel like this has to have something to do with the fact that like hey, there's an earlier version up there that had the uh, the comments from like his live stream on it, mm-hmm. and you can see that the first comment on there is someone that says, and I quote, "What's up, Uncle Tom?" Yep, exactly. That's exactly when he pauses. So I think the internet's he... a fucking bad place. Yeah. Yep. Wrestling fans suck. But interestingly here, he put out a second video about like 20 minutes, maybe like 25 minutes later, where he is a lot more calm. He's a lot more collected. Uh, he he talks more, much more significantly about like his thoughts on all of this and like his feelings on, on the future going forward. But he deleted it. Which is weird. This is very strange to me that he would delete this video and, and keep up the, you know, the more charged one that he put out. The only reason, looking at this whole uh, transcript, which you very kindly typed out for us, um, the only reason I can think that maybe he would have deleted it is because it got a little distracted on the idea that the WWE is pushing down the young guys when it's more like, it's not just that, they're also pushing down the people of color. Yep. So, I, I do want to read the transcript here, just because, like, you know, it's, it's you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it should be out there in some capacity. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, yeah, he's, he starts this promo, uh, he's sitting in the car, just like he is, like, in the exact same, pretty much the exact same position he does in the first video. Uh, he d- is not wearing the hat anymore. Um, you can hear in the background, is playing The Show Goes On by Lupe Fiasco. Got that stupid, that stupid fucking song that he steals the, the fucking hook from Float On from. So he says, and I quote, I want people to understand where I'm coming from with my anger. I'm unhappy about the T-shirt that was made to show an image of me that was clearly disrespectful, not only to African-Americans, but to anybody that decided to purchase that T-shirt and show some type of pride and appreciation for Jordan Miles. You have to understand that that's how they view me. That is racism. That is wrong. And that is not right. Now, my first video was pure emotion, and it was a lot of rage behind that because I was clearly upset. Now, I've had time to think about this, and I've had time to gather my thoughts. I want everyone to know that I will no longer be employed by WWE because I refuse to approach people that have offended me. My entire career has been me approaching people that have disrespected me and have shown me absolutely no love or the same respect that I have shown them. I am tired of the way that this wrestling culture is today. They don't treat the younger guys with respect. All these old guards walk around here thinking that we owe them something because they've taken a couple more bumps at us. That's a bunch of bullshit. I'm tired of it. This is for the culture, not just for African-Americans. It's for everybody that has ever felt like they couldn't do anything in their life. This is way much more bigger than pro wrestling. This is way much bigger than WWE, Vince McMahon, Triple H, NXT, SmackDown, Raw. This is bigger than life. This is a stand, and me and the people will take it to the world, and we will take it to their throats first. I am sick and tired of this narrative that we will bow down to the WWE because they have all the money. You must be effing crazy if you think I will die on that sword for them. They got me fucked up. And I hate that I'm cursing this much, but when you curse this much, that just means it's coming from the heart because it's a little more realer. And the show goes on because ACH is a brand that the fans trust. So even if they slow me down, they will never, ever slow my plans up. You can call me ACH and don't and don't. Forget the super. Then he trails off because, you know, the the song switches to Touch the Sky by Kanye. And he starts singing along with that. And then finishes by going, holla, share that. Hell well, yeah. we're sharing it, even though he doesn't seemingly want to anymore. 
I just want to see where Super ACH ends up from here because I want to support him. Absolutely. Now, That's the thing. It's like, it's such like a great statement that like really makes the gets the point across fucking well and I, I it surprises me that this is the statement that he got rid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um is he going I I hate to say I hate to say this but like is are other companies going to look at this and just be like oh if he doesn't get his way he creates problems. I might suggest that that won't necessarily be the case because other companies have had nothing but good dealings with him in the past. Namely, like New Japan has had nothing but good deals with him. He, I don't recall any drama whatsoever. He just the reason he left was because he went to NXT. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, I don't he, remember hearing any drama outside in his MLW work. Like I think again, right there, like you know, the reason he stopped working in MLW was because again he went to NXT. So I think he's got places he can go, especially like. Japan loves Super ACH. They really do. Would he be welcome in New Japan, for example, because of the stuff he said about Ring of Honor and Jay Lethal and would risk harming that New Japan Ring of Honor? (laughs) They don't Uh, give a fuck about that. Yeah, I was about to say, that really is not something I think they care about anymore. Mm. I think they'd be more concerned about, like, getting rid of the Kenny Omega New Japan uh, hubbub that's going around than rekindling any ROH relationship. It's really weird that they're actually commenting on that, by the way. I, yeah, I I have no clue what the hell's going on there. And what if the, what if other than... Allow, what, what go on, Oscar, sorry. Kenny Omega. What if they allow Kenny Omega to wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom... But only as a representative of the Ring of Honor roster. No, he's not. No, what? No. What if? What if that's the deal? They forced him to join Ring of Honor. No, I, that he's no. There, there's nothing legal about that. Like that, there's that's even less legal than the ACH contract with uh, NXT. What? No. What? No. No. Good lord. But anyway, ACH. You're fucking awesome. We support you in all this. Yep, absolutely. I I hope you make it up to Washington sometime. I'd love to see it defy. And more on this story as it develops. Yep. I really do wonder if they're going to actually like let him out of the contract or try to hold him, though. I, I do feel like WWE is going to be as petty as possible about this. WWE, might be. WWE is currently in the... Well, we don't want anyone with any kind of buzz going to AEW. By the same token, I kind of don't think AEW would t- pick them up with this kind of hubbub. They're trying to avoid being that company, which used yeah. to be TNA. No, I know, but I mean, WWE's still going to use that as the excuse of like, no, we're keeping you in your contract for this reason. Okay, well, I mean, we'll see. I have a feeling if that happens, he will breach it. Yeah, we'll see. More in the story as it develops. Anyway, let's talk about things that already happened. Like, on Saturday, there was a pay-per-view. It was called Full Gear. Yeah. You both watched it, and you had a whole big review that uh, we put on uh, the Patreon over at patreon.cool for uh, $5. You can get Tracy and Oscar's uh, review of uh, Full Gear. It's about as long as the Scorsese film. It's quite good, I, I will say. Was, I, that, was it that long of a podcast? No, it was like yeah, two it was hours. Like two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, 
I haven't listened to it yet. I'm going to be honest. That entire day felt like a fever dream because basically it felt like it ran by the time the energy wore off. It was like 4 p.m. my time all the way to 2 a.m. And 2 a.m. and midnight to 2 a.m. basically was the entirety of me saying, holy shit, that Moxley Omega match happened. Oh my god, that really did happen. Oh my god, that was actually in a major league. That was probably the, the second biggest organization of wrestling in North America had a match that was basically Japanese deathmatch. Holy really shit. That, that is still lingering on my mind. That match is of a caliber of both surprise and agonizing pain and pretty amazing storytelling despite the fact it's a bunch of spots. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. And you do get into a good point that I wanted to, to ask y'all is like, you know, hey, you've had four days to digest uh, Full Gear since like, you know, you gave a review, you had all your thoughts. Uh, especially now that like, you've watched this episode of Dynamite, like has, has anything changed for you since Saturday? Like are, are you still feeling about as, as positive and, you know, as negative in some of the stuff that you were feeling uh, on Saturday? Um... I still kind of feel like it was a two-match show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... Look, those final two matches were the entirety of what made you want to buy full gear. And they made me not regret at all plopping down the money for that. I think... I never thought I would say this in 2019, but I think Cody is the greatest storyteller in professional wrestling right now. He does more with... As little as he has in... And he's got a lot of talent, but he also doesn't have as much flippy shit as everybody else, as much wildness as, like, Kenny Omega, and yet he makes it work better than anybody else right now in the business. Well, we've we've touched on this before, but it's like, no one else other than Power is doing that NWA-style shit that Cody's doing. Pretty much, yeah. And he does it so phenomenally well. It transcends the old era. It Anything Cody does now and anything surrounding him is immediately part of my interest. Similarly, I'm very interested now to see if AEW is going to lean more into what they kind of showed at the beginning of the show today. And I know we'll get more into this later. But where Kenny's kind of recovering, he's kind of recuperating in a funk because he's really messed up. And he's being flanked by Michael Nakazawa and Riho, who both want to defend his honor. And then you've got John Moxley, who is just an agent of chaos, of wonderful, glorious chaos. And I don't know where his road ends, but I want to follow it. He don't give a fuck. He basically just says, none, none of y'all can step to me, and I am the baddest man in this ring. I believe it. John Moxley looks so happy right now. Compared to, like, fucking six months ago. John Moxley sounds so happy. Like, Jesus, that promo he cut tonight. And the, even the promos he was cutting, like, just to a camera at full gear. Just the stuff he was saying, like... Yeah. You know, Jesus. He, he, he is... Just, yeah. He definitely clearly looks like he is just fucking unleashed and letting loose and just mm-hmm. doing whatever he wants and just loving it. You know who's not loving it? I'm fully aware I saw all those <laughs> tweets, and I got pretty upset at all those people tweeting at her the picture of her husband smiling covered in blood. Again, wrestling fans are the worst, and that probably includes us. 
Oh, it absolutely includes us. There is no argument there. But so, at least we're not shitlords mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, we're we're better than that. Yeah. So yeah, like just to give my quick thoughts on the show here, like mm-hmm. y'all want the deep thoughts here, go to go to the Patreon. I will say for the most part, I basically just pretty much agree with everything you guys said. You pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was probably a little bit more positive on the on the page uh, Pac match than y'all, but like for the most part, yeah, nope, nailed it. Mm-hmm. I did want to give like a little compliment sandwich for uh, the show here. Okay. So one one thing I will say is definitely. With probably one exception, I feel like everything on this show felt like that they had a plan for going forward. Like, say what you will about, like, maybe the wrestling quality of of AEW compared to NXT. One thing that AEW, I think, is definitely doing better, and Full Gear showed it, is that, like, every match felt like it had a purpose. Like, the stuff with Cody and all the storytelling there, and then the MJS stuff had a fucking purpose of going forward and building up what these these stories are going to be going forward. Like you were talking about here, the Moxley Omega stuff, all of that had a purpose. I feel like even fucking, like, Sean Spears had a purpose. And I would say it's probably the weakest of all the ones with a purpose, in my opinion. Yeah, it, and, like, even there, they still did a good job of feeling like, oh, okay, no, this match feels like it's happening for a reason. Like, it's they're building up Sean Spears, and they're doing this for, like, a reason. And that's going to keep going places. It's going to get interesting, looks like. Yeah, it's like, even when I, I don't necessarily love the things they're doing, I it feels like what they're doing has a point, and it makes sense, and I'm willing to see where they're going with it, which is fucking great compared to some of the stuff that we often see from other companies. And what and- I... What I will say, just with regards to it seems like they have a place they're going with it, I would definitely agree in the men's singles division. And as much as I hate to say it, for a company that's built around, like, we're going to make tag team the main event, it's like, what the fuck are you doing with your tag division right now? How did you muddy this in, like, two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it feels like they didn't have a plan after the tournament, and they don't have enough tag teams to sustain the division right now. I don't know if I agree I, with that necessarily. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're overstating it a little bit. I think it's more of a... Uh, you, you go on, Trace. I, just, I think there's a bit of a reset happening, and I think it kind of started showing up a little bit here on uh, this episode, in fact, of Dynamite, where you're going to see some tag teams take a step backwards and kind of not show themselves up as much or have as many matches they've had because they've had way too many matches and their share of them in AEW, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks, Mm -hmm. and maybe give some of the guys who aren't getting as much time and start showing them off a bit more as in like private party. And also I would say that, that, you know, hot upstart Chris Jericho. uh, I again have thoughts about that and I, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, the thing I would say is that it also, you know, just tied into the, you know, what is my chief complaint about the show is that, like, I could say that maybe the problem with that is also, as we talked about last week on the show, the current tag team champions. Mm -hmm. And as you alluded to before also, Oscar, the women's division. Like, that's the thing that I would say about, like, Full Gear is that, like, everything that we've complained about in, like, the past several weeks on Heel Alternative – Still completely true in full gear. Still completely on display. Like, SCU. Yeah, they're fun. I like them. They're really great. They're still, again, like, the fourth best tag team in the division. They are the team that is the hot open, really fun hot open every single time 
at the top of a division that you're trying to build up as like the biggest thing. Yep. Your women's what division is-, is just a mess. And I hey, I love what they're doing with Awesome Kong. I think that's great. I don't understand what her point is and why up until tonight she's only been attacking heels. I, I'm going to put this out there. She is my David S. Pumpkins of AEW. There's 8 million ways to die and she's one of them. Wait, so what are the odds in this? I'm more likely to be struck by lightning and killed by Awesome Kong. And yet all these women are running this... What's going on? Why are, there, why are we talking about 8 million ways to die? Why... Why are we so concerned about saying she's one of them? Isn't everybody in this earth one of the ways you can die? I'm so in the weeds! But hey, that double main event was fucking awesome. Yes, it was. I mean, like, shit, those two matches were fucking incredible. Holy shit. Yep. Working 50 bucks just for those. Yeah, as I said, like, on the show, considering it was kind of a weak rest of the pay-per-view, the fact that I still feel like I got my 55 bucks worth you know, says a lot about just how fucking good those made events yeah. were. Amen to that, brother. So yeah, if you want the full thoughts on uh, on Full Gear here, uh, go to uh, Patreon.cool, check out the Patreon, uh, give us five bucks, and you can get uh, Trace and Oscar covering uh, the show completely in depth, talk about all the matches and everything going on for two hours, 15 minutes. It's cool as shit! And well worth it. And you get a bunch of other podcasts, too. You want to hear... Owen and Oscar talk about WWE 2K20 for an hour and then the, the bad Saudi show? You got that too. Don't do it. Hey, But do do it to listen to the to the one that y'all two did. Yeah, let's hey, do that. Say but. what you will about the bad Saudi show. I am proud of the train wreck that that podcast was and it's the podcast that 2K20 and Saudi Arabia deserve. Yeah, it's a very enjoyable episode. Pay us on Patreon for train wrecks. Yeah. Pay, yeah. pay us on Patreon to listen to that so you, that you can relive what happened on the Saudi shows and don't have to watch them. Maybe. We suffered so you don't have to. Pay us maybe, for the privilege. Maybe, maybe me and John will finally get around to that thing we were talking about where we watch old ECW and find out how well it's aged. I mean, I already know the answer to that, which is not at all. But hey, New Jack's there. New Jack's fucking awesome. I don't care what anybody says. You're not getting any argument from me. So, yeah, likewise. Did y'all watch the the Tony Khan uh, interview? Sure did. No. So I have. Okay. You have this point here, and I really want to speak to that. Yeah, I. So someone, a, a, a female journalist, uh, a woman journalist, asked him a question about um, uh, about like AEW's women's division and how they've you know they've been hyping it up as this thing that they very much care about and how important it is uh, and how the, it hasn't really been like that and uh, I don't I don't really know how to describe what happened here but it felt like Tony Khan got. Very defensive on this point. He just basically leaned into a redirect question, talking about what they were doing, what they had done, rather than actually answering the question itself. Because I don't think he has an answer on what they need to do differently, because I don't think he sees there being a problem, and that in itself is a huge problem. It really is. I mean, let me put it this way to you. You know me and how I record rankings on this stuff. I have basically a net zero sort of ranking system for all the women on the roster. 
and I'm going to highlight and check. Yep, there's 23 of these. Uh, to the 23 women, I will say there are seven with winning records. And of those seven, only four have been active in the last three months. It's fucked up. So you basically you're giving pretty much all the wins to Riho and Dr. Britt Baker, giving a little bit of the crumbs to Karoshida and Sadie Gibbs, and then just a bunch of women taking losses. And you're supposed and they've to they've already that- done Riho versus Dr. Britt Baker. Yeah, and you've already had that match happen. There's already been a decisive victory. You're not building anyone else up. It's like you can say you're trying to build up new talent and trying to show off new stuff, but you can say that, but you're not doing it at all. There's nothing about it that shows that Tony Khan is putting that effort in. And I'm going to say in part, I think it. I'm wondering if that has anything to do with Kenny Omega being in charge of the women's division, and maybe he doesn't know how to run it. Maybe he wants to put too much Joshi into it, and you have maybe only a couple of these ladies who can be there all the time to do Joshi matches. Yep. I, I was also I was also going to say, do you think that they had big plans for Kylie Ray and her leaving without them being able to find someone to replace her? Yes. And I definitely believe that. And I think that also leans furthermore into... Um, a big movement that's starting up, uh, it's supposed to start up yesterday, in fact, and I think it's still being pushed for, signing Shaza McKenzie, who would kind of fill that role of happy-go-lucky lady. Doesn't have quite the talent of Kylie Ray, but that also begs the question, number one, that we don't really need to know the answer to, but I'm going to pose it anyways. Like, did something bad happen to Kylie Ray that other women on that roster need to be worried about? Hopefully not. And we can't dig into it anymore because that ain't our business until someone makes it our business. Yeah. But furthermore, I think getting back to the point at hand, there's so much problem with Joshi on standard women's wrestler, or American women's wrestler, let's say, because the style's clashing so badly, so poorly, that you can't get a good match in. And at the same time, WWE somehow made this kind of shit work Fine, they've brought in Joshi wrestlers and they've adapted to their style, fine. So, Well, I mean, I think part of the thing with WWE making the Joshi work is that they have made the Joshi wrestlers adapt to the American style, which they yes. seem to be able to do better. Yes, but that's exactly what I mean. But the criticism from the fans of like, oh, you're, you're not letting Asuka be Kana. No, they very much were. Back when she was in her undefeated reign, she was very much... Kana just maybe not trying to take out orbital sockets quite as much. Yeah. But I think more to the point is I think they need to put somebody else in charge of this women's roster. I don't think Kenny Omega is the right call. I don't think Kenny Omega, if he really is helping all these ladies out, I don't think he's doing a good enough job. And they have talent there who can do that kind of shit. They need their own type of Fit Finley. And they, yeah. and they have fucking Dean Malenko. Malenko would be a great fit for that, I think. Like, you want to teach the ladies who can't do hard striking because they're too tiny how to do shit? Teach them how to grapple and look like they're going to break somebody's arm in half. Or rip someone's neck off. That works for any size of person. Yeah. I, like, I definitely agree with you that Malenko would be the perfect call for that. Yeah, And, and maybe Malenko is involved with them. And like, I, If it is... Malenko is doing something with them. 
I think he's just agents to a match rather than a division. I think he should be running every women's match at this point or somebody of his ilk. Like, Actually, to that point, AEW doesn't have any kind of like training facility, do they? Like, There's no power plant equivalent. I don't think so. I'm not aware of one, at least. I think the closest you get is DDP Yoga. So. Whatever it is, though, they they need to do something because yeah. that that answer from Tony Khan, I think, was pretty distressing. Yeah, I number one, I don't think Tony Khan is good at answering stuff when he's caught off guard. I think he's more anxious than I am in those kind of situations, and I think he's even worse than I am at giving out bullshit answers. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, there, there's an irony because I was listening to our Double or Nothing podcast uh, not too long ago. And in that, we talk about how the big thing AEW has is they're going to have a great women's division with all their Joshi connections. And that's going to be really the thing that sets them apart. Well, in fairness, they showed that off by having a great six-woman tag match with the Joshi wrestlers all there. And it looked really good and it looked really promising. The problem is, is that that promise ended as soon as the Joshi wrestlers turned to anyone else. You know, as as we were kind of talking on the um, on the Full Gear podcast as well, it's like, I wonder if them having the Stardom Champion versus the Ice Ribbon Champion, maybe there wasn't, maybe like they didn't properly clear that, and now they've pissed off their Joshi connection? I don't think so. I think, honestly, it's a case of they just, the Joshi connections are busy using the talent they want. Mm. Like, Yuka Sakazaki has a championship in Japan. She's busy. She's busy defending that. And same with a bunch of the others. They're either busy training or putting on shows in Japan. So I think yeah. the weakness is more just they have two very far apart, you know, show connections. Like, that's a long flight back and forth. You can't just have them do it all the time. Anyway, thankfully, AEW did make some moves with their women's division on uh, this week's episode of Dynamite. But before we get to that mm-hmm. i think we should break up all this uh all this AEW talk with a little quick game of it's nxt do you care Yay. i have the events from this week's episode of nxt and i'm gonna tell them to you and i'm gonna ask if you care if you do then we'll talk about it a little bit if you don't then i'll give you like i don't know maybe a sentence on what happened and we'll move on are you ready ready yep Leo Rush versus Angel Garza for the Cruiserweight Championship. Do you care? Absolutely no. not. Uh, Who's Angel Garza? He used to be Hector Garza on the on the Indies, or just Garza, I think. I don't know. He's he's a really good luchador man. He he wears pants and then he pulls off his pants and he has little panties underwear. Wait, that's that's Tai Chi. That's Tai Chi. I know. He's he's Tai Chi's non-union Mexican equivalent. <laughs> Fuck that scab. Fuck that scab. This match was good, but also, like, really long. Uh, I don't get Leo Rush. He Me. won. Me neither. Leo Rush was only good when he was paired with Bobby Lashley. True. Zia Lee versus Aaliyah. Do you care? I care about Zia Lee very intensely. I Zia know Lee nothing about Aaliyah's nose. <laughs> I'm, I don't... I'm not surprised at all. She... Zia Lee is a fucking badass. Perhaps not in a good way. 
Yeah, I, I this match didn't do anything for me. Zaylee really doesn't do anything for me. But yeah, uh, she finished the match with her, her finisher, which is I guess kicking you in the face, uh, and broke Lee's nose. Great. So, she was bleeding all over the place. It was really awkward. The camera was like cutting back to it. It's like, oh wait, no, let's do that. Oh, let's just focus on Zaya, just kind of standing here in the ring awkwardly. It's kind of like the Wheel of Money episode where there's blood and guts everywhere, and they can't figure out what camera to pick to get away from all of it. Yep, basically. Finn Balor is live on NXT tonight. But do you care? No. Kind of. He cut a promo about how he's like, yo, what the fuck happened to this place? You people are losers. Uh, Fucking, (laughs) I attacked Johnny Gargano like three weeks ago and he's still dead and his neck is all fucked up. Oh, yeah. By the way, in case you didn't hear the news, uh, Johnny Gargano uh, is medically cleared because he's having neck issues. Huh. That seems familiar. Yeah. I hope it's, it's, a, it, it, it's okay. It's okay. Johnny Gargano, he'll kick out at two. <laughs> Finn made a comment about uh, people crying on social media when they get hurt, and I feel like this was not a good day to do that comment, Finn. No, I think that's a terrible thing to say at any point. Like, who cares if people get emotional? Don't don't be like, you know, fuck your feelings. That's a bad, what, bad what, stance. What if next week Finn Balor comes out wearing that Jordan Miles shirt? Finn started yelling about Matt Riddle for some reason, and then the bro man just showed up behind him and started beating the shit out of him. I mean, he's like Candyman. You say bro three times, and he appears and asks if you got any weed. I, and then the under- I thought heel Finn Balor would be more fun. Yeah, Where's real too. rock and roller? Uh, he's doing his finger guns, but, you know, he's still just, I don't know. It's, it's not back anything in Japan. Yet. Thomas Pair him with it. the fucking rest of the Bullet Club already. Just do it. Yeah. Just, He's going to fight Matt Riddle at, at TakeOver at War Games. Like, fuck, why not? I know they're doing this fucking thing, but why not just do fucking Undisputed Era versus Balor Club in War Games? You have the fucking stipulation for it. You have two four-man stables that are already that could naturally feud. Just I don't I know it's heel versus heel, but like the crowd is not going to care. The crowd is yeah. The crowd is basically full sale types. They will cheer this shit because they love good wrestling. Anyway, then like a bunch of bullshit happens, and undisputed era run out, and like. Keith Lee runs out, and, like, Ciampa comes out, and a whole bunch of stuff happens. Does Keith Uh, Lee attack Dominic Dijakovic to set up a match for next week? No, in fact, actually, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic are on the men's uh, War Games team. Wow. So, it's the whole Seamus Cesaro thing again. Yep. Fuck. Why not? None of us are free of sin. This is all to set up a match that is Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong. Ah, yes. Kronk Lonk versus Ronk Strong in a Nonk Tonk match. (laughs) Do you care? No. No. It was non-title. It was, I mean, it was fine. But also, you know, we just kind of saw this before with, like, the match that Dominic Dejakovic was in. Uh, A bunch of dumb bullshit happened and, like, everybody... From before, got involved in everything. Keith Lee won. Bonk. It's non-title though, so great. I also just want to say that for some reason, Keith Lee's music 
plays all the time on the 2K20 menu. <laughs> Don't you want to bask in his glory? It's and a like, bad song. It's the worst fucking theme song. It's pretty bad. It's really bad. Like, I don't know who the, was talking about, oh, this is such an amazing theme. It's the chorus, like, the, no. the choir part's good, but then, like, the weird rap? What the fuck? It would have been out of place in the mid-90s when all the wrestlers are doing that shit. Like, they fucking fired CFOs and haven't replaced them with anyone? Wait, they fired the, what, hold the yeah, phone. CFOs, CFOs have been gone for a bit. Why the fuck didn't AEW pick those motherfuckers up? It's a good question. Why the fuck didn't AEW pick up Jim Johnston? I I got plenty of reasons there, but CFOs, man. Yeah, I, I totally want all the wrestlers to have a single verse. It's better than what a lot of them have right now. What if AEW should fucking hire Toby Fox to write all their wrestlers' music? Eh, I think they just need to get J.D. Spears wherever hell he is these days. But also... What if what if Toby Fox wrote original music for AEW? I mean, anyway, yeah. So it murdered Shane's dumb friends and also Tegan Knox in the parking lot. That that's it. There's there's no nothing to care about. That's that's exactly what happened. It was the War Games cat. Swerve means confidence. Do you care? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. If it's not in Seattle, I don't care. He fought Bronson Reed. It was good. Cool. Pete Dunne had a match, but then didn't. Do you care? You no? piqued my curiosity with that second part of this sentence. I'm not going to lie. Pete Dunne was supposed to have a match against our our favorite boy, the man what should have a gun, Killian 9mm. <laughs> I, was, I was legitimately unsure who you were talking about until you said Killian. But then his match with Killian Dane didn't happen because Damian Priest showed up and just started beating the shit out of both of them. Who is Damian Priest? Punishment um, Martinez. Yeah, thank oh. you. I don't know. He's cool. I guess. Mia Yim versus Io Shirai in a ladder match to determine advantage in the women's war game Fuck. match. Do how? you care? No, no, because we know how that ends. The heel always gets the advantage. I mean, that's how it should end. Yes, you don't give the faces advantage like that. Fuck, that's the you whole point the of faces, it. The heels always the win the coin toss. Well, guess what? What? Yeah, the heel won. Fuck, of course they did. No After, shit. Like, they did have a thing in the beginning where Dakota Kai was all like, hey, no hard feelings about you getting to be on the team instead of me. I'm going to have your back to make sure that nothing happens. And she tries to have her back. uh, But then not only doesn't she, like, you know, she tries to help, but, like, she gets taken out. Uh, And also, uh, hey, it turns out that the person that helps Io Shirai win is uh, Kaylee Ray, the NXT UK Women's Champion. I guess she's on the team for some reason. Oh, great, sure. She must be, the, I guess she's the mystery fourth member. I great. Been, I haven't been following NXT UK in so long. I don't even know. Last I checked, like, Rhea Ripley was women's champion? No. Yeah, she lost That's a, a long ass time ago. She lost to Tony Storm. Kaylee Ray is the person that beat Tony Storm, and we thought, like, Tony Storm was going to come to NXT US, but nope, she hasn't. They're is Tony Storm the one that's dating Tyler Bate? Yes. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, this whole thing about war games. War games, the coin flip is always a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead coin flip situation. It always comes up heel. Stop acting like it's going to be any different and just give heels natural advantage because that's how it fucking works. It actually came up face in the, the MLW War Games match last year. Did it fucking suck when that happened? I was pissed off about it, but it ultimately didn't matter because uh, Swerve never competed in the match because uh, Sammy Callahan just fucking murdered him. Okay, so basically <laughs> they it was it came up faces, but uh-oh, heels won anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird. War Games always gives heels advantage. Fucking. Grr. Anyway, that's it I for. Mean, uh, also, isn't War Games always five on five? It should be, but it's never been in, in WWE. Where's JJ Dillon? Where is Mr. Dot Com? God damn it, throw him in there. That's it for NXT. Uh, I don't know. We'll, again, we'll maybe bring back regular coverage of NXT after War Games and Survivor Series because I feel like they're doing this shit all wrong. I believe in War Games, Cat. That's all. War Games, Cat, forever. Yes. Hey, so long as AW Dynamite uh, gives us the match beyond eventually, like that would be good, right? I would fucking love that. I don't know how they're going to pull it off now with the shit that went down this week because there's some... I- I'm so confused. They're, they're, this week was definitely the closest and AEW's been to, uh, we're just going to spend the whole week and just shut shit up because we don't know where we're going after full gear. This was, this was the worst episode of Dynamite yet. And like, yeah. don't get me wrong, it was still like entertaining, but also this, was, this felt like, oh, I probably could have not watched this and not missed anything. This is a case where I felt very strongly that it's not going to stop me from watching next week because next week's going to be a banger. But by the same token, yeah, it's like no, nobody planned for the one immediately after the pay-per-view. Oh, God, we got to reset the storylines. And so you get some cool shit, and then you get some very odd stuff that just doesn't seem good. Yeah. Uh, good shit. John Moxley beating the shit out of Michael Nakazawa, who realizes to avenge his friend Kenny, he has to get rid of the oil. And then he dies anyways. Just John, John Moxley him. is the king of good shit. Yes. And John, John Moxley cuts a badass promo that does nothing to angle him directly at Chris Jericho, but basically says, yeah, nobody can step in this ring and say they can go with me at this point. There is not a soul here that is brave enough to stand against me. And the problem is I feel like they have to figure out what John Moxley is because it kind of had him as a heel in the Kenny stuff. So is he a face now? John Moxley's a... T- I, John Moxley feels like the most tweener. Yeah, John Moxley's pretty tweener, I think. And like, okay, I think it's just because it's been a while since a tweener's been done well. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I think, or I think nothing, two matches down from him being in action against Nakazawa, we get a very weird triple threat out of nowhere that basically was nothing more than to extend one feud and to get Darby Allen out there and saying, Moxley... I accept. And everybody's like, wait, I, what do you mean you accept? Oh, right, yeah, that's right. What? Moxley challenged somebody to step up in front of him. Okay, so that's a weird way to accept it, but also Darby Allen's fucking weird like that, so, you know. Hook Darby Allen's Moxley cool shit. He has a skateboard, Allen and he challenges him and then veins. fucking throws the skateboard, because fuck the skateboard. Yeah, and I don't know what the hell that word meant on the skateboard, but whatever. Um, it was cool. It said wreck. It said 
Oh, it said wreck? I thought it said weck. No, I, thought, I think it said wreck. Okay, uh, if it said wreck, that's fine. Good. I thought it Which said, I was confused by. Is he saying, is he a wreck? Is he going to wreck? I, I, I just thought it said wreck, and I was like Googling it on Twitter. I was like, oh, God, is that like a racist thing? Or, oh, wait, no, there's like wreck jars, and I don't know what the fuck those are. Um, but no, he. it's like he did a fucking amazing coffin drop. Uh, Peter Avalon sold like a million bucks. Meanwhile, Sean Spears and Joey Janela are going to continue their food. Good, sure, great, awesome. Peter Avalon has still gotten to be on Dynamite twice, and Sunny Kiss never. Yeah, no, that that's fucking abysmal. Sunny Kiss is still, if I'm not mistaken, look at my rankings. Uh, oh, interesting, just barely, but yes, yeah, Sunny Kiss is still top five wrestler in my. Uh, in my rankings, so good ass rankings. Sunny you can find kiss. over at uh, on our our Twitter. Yeah, it'll, it'll be our. There will be articles eventually because I got to write about that women's division shit, and I'm going to break it down as statistically as possible because Tony Khan's wrong. Check ProWrestling.cool. Bring Sunny Kiss out more in the south. They'll love him there. Yeah, Miami, I mean Miami. I do have some thoughts about that, considering what happened pair, on pair, one pair of the matches Sonny tonight. Pair mm-hmm. Sunny Kiss with Nyla Rose in Alabama. It'll go over great. I don't see it in the notes here. It's just like, can yeah. we just... What the fuck happened with that Nyla Rose match? I didn't hear the crowd well enough to know, but I just... It's hard to tell what <sighs> is them booing her because she's a heel, and what's them just being shitty. Or there is some chance there that like there I will say I I couldn't tell what they were chanting because I also like didn't remember like the the jobber that she was facing's name like maybe they were chanting for the jobber but um, like yeah I would job- just throw it out there there is a chant there that sounded a lot like the T word I believe they were chanting for Danny it's Danny Jordan is the jobber's name okay so, plausible deniability yeah I'm gonna say that. I think they were chanting Danny. And I'm pretty sure she was announced while they're on break. So that's what I'm hoping, at least. I hope so. Because otherwise, oh shit, fuck you, Nashville. Yeah, if don't boo Nyla Rose because she's transgender. Boo Nyla Rose because Nyla Rose is not that good. Yeah. Um... There's a lot of these jobber matches and one person in action matches this week on the major show, which is weird. And there are also a lot of promos, but there was one with a good moment. And that would be Jericho MJF. This was so good. MJF, nuclear heat, for good reason, because betraying Cody and all, goes off on pretty good rant and then gets kind of stuck in the weeds with uh, Chris Jericho on a love fest back and forth. They just did the fucking the Kevin Owens bit again. It was yep. so good. Yeah. They kind of leaned into it in a good way. And then, God, yeah, Chris Jericho basically calling MJF out for being a younger version of himself that was probably conceived during a match with Chris Jericho and Juventud Guerrera, which the crowd <laughs> popped off for, and then MJF had to admit it. He doesn't know who Hoovy is. And the crowd booed it so much. Yep. Fucking Google it. You, you should know this shit, MGF. He does know Chanted this shit. Chanted for Hoovy. Yep. <laughs> Probably the first time in 20 years anybody's given a shit about Hoovy. I, Bring Hoovy I, in, you cowards. I no. laughed 
I laughed a lot and very consistently during this promo. Like, this is one of the funniest segments. I mean, here's the thing. I thought it was hilarious as well. It also didn't have much direction until Cody showed up. So, I I do like that they kind of played around with the whole WWE thing of like, oh, he's a heel now, so he's going to join the heel group. And like, oh, no, MJF and Cody actually still don't like... Or, sorry, MJF and Chris Jericho actually still don't like each other just because they're both bad guys. Right. And then they said, wait, no, we do like each other. It more felt like we have a common enemy, but I don't think he... But, like... But, like, I still don't want to join the inner circle because I have Wardlow. I, I'm hoping that's what it is, and it's not like Wardlow and MGF are now inner circle members. I guess we'll find out soon, but... We will find out if if the guy from P&P that I can't remember who had the overalls... Uh, both of them, I thought, but... Um, which one? The crazy... The, 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 the crazy. wild... Ortiz. Ortiz is a wild one. The best. Will, the best. We will, we will find out if next week Ortiz is wearing Burberry overalls. How dare you? I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of doing a similar thing that uh, they did with MJF in, in MLW where he had his dynasty stable and just having, like, you know, Wardlow be, like, his his heavy. I was going to say, it would be like the equivalent of Hammerstone, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that, that works. In that case, if it's just him... With the big guy around him to defend his honor when he doesn't feel like fighting, sure, I'm down. Well, That's they need good. to have they need to have more stables for when they do war games. Sure, that too. But yeah, it's like Wardlow's a good fill-in for Hammerstone, probably better overall. I don't know Wardlow's politics or anything, so we'll see. Um, and Wardlow was like, "Hey, check out this Burberry tie I have. Now I check did. out how it looks around your neck." His Burberry yep. tie is so fucking good. Yep, it was very good, and yeah, so, hey y'all, remember Wardlow when we showed that promo of him fighting atop a parking garage? Uh, he's here. I totally, I, I remembered the promo, but I didn't remember the name of the wrestler in it, I'm just, I'm just like, I was thinking a couple weeks ago, I'm like, hey, what about that weird promo they showed it all out? And now the only question remains, who the hell is that lady with him? Is she an actual wrestler? Is she somewhere? Is she maybe just a dealer? She's working with the deal. Oh. Oh, that's sad. What was it? What what killed her? Wardlow. Shit. Oh, but he's such say, an affable dude. I will say why, the only thing that could have that parking garage. Ah, go, go on, John, sorry. I will say the only thing that could have made this promo better is if uh the, he used the tie to choke out Justin Roberts instead. <laughs> That's a fireable offense in any company. I don't Justin know. Roberts I don't know if he got sponsors. He is a national treasure, but also, you know, what if they... That, that, that's, that's the real reason Mattel wanted Day of Ryan God was because they just love Justin Roberts too much. So much that WWE had to then later on let him go. It, you know, if he, if he choked out, like, Justin Gabriel, no one would have cared. Probably did at some point. I haven't seen Justin Gabriel in like, you know, six months. He's probably dead. He is a- he's just hanging out in Ring of Honor. <laughs> no, like I said, he's probably dead. Like yeah, that lady true. that like that lady Ward will throw off the parking garage. <laughs> maybe maybe he's busy losing more of his fingers. Wait, what? He he's lost fingers, yes. 
PJ Black lost one of his fingers about a year ago in a in a bungee jumping accident. I mean, that's not funny, but it's also just the way you describe that is very funny. No, it's funny to try and figure out the logical steps on how the fuck that happens. See, I was thinking, is this like a Mick Foley ear situation? Nope, it's a bungee jumping accident. Lost no, the but, finger. What happened is partly through the bungee jump, like in Bioshock Infinite, one of those portals through time opened up, and PJ Black tried reaching out only to lose a finger into another dimension. PJ is, Black is, can now see through dimensions and open rifts. Is one of those dimensions a dimension where he's over? Yeah, and I think that's where he is now. PJ Black is dead. You leave the darewolf alone, goddammit. <laughs> I dare him to get over someday, but he's dead. He was great in Lucha Underground. Shut up. <laughs> he was great, but now he's dead, and so was Lucha Underground. What the fuck ever happened to John Morrison? By the way, um, he's uh, having dinner with his dog, Prince Presley. I'm he's not fucking lying up. about that. He he's the next he's the next host of WWE Backstage. Fucking hell! <laughs> what else happened on Dynamite this week? Oh, you see. Um, yeah, so uh, Awesome Kong showed up, and like I said earlier, she's like the David S. Pumpkins of AEW. <laughs> there are eight million ways to die, Trace. She's one. And I'm like, okay, so the percentage for everybody getting struck by Awesome Kong here is extremely high. It's it's a lot. She Just finally think- went after a baby face this time, too. She did. It's amazing. And she took a lock of hair and put it on a belt of locks of hair. And we know one of them was Bea Priestley's. We don't know who the rest of those ladies were, but I'm sure there are references to somebody. And this one definitely makes sense because, you know, <laughs> fucking we already know that Allie and, and fucking Brandy have issues. Yeah, I'm I'm still sowing the weeds like, you know, Awesome Kong, what are you doing? Oh, your own thing? Really? What, what's Brandy here to do? To do this. Oh, you snatched a wig. Great. I, I want to. I just want to say I'm very into the whole weird presentation of Brandy and Awesome Kong. I I just I I'm wondering. We got we got to work on those odds of how many million ways there are to die and why well, is it so people that, are getting struck by dying by Awesome Kong so quickly all of a sudden? To be fair, though, we know that a million of those ways are basically only in the West. True. Oof. Okay, I there are some parts of, of this uh, episode of Dynamite that I missed kind of watching some NXT here. <laughs> You're going to have to explain to me why you wrote in the notes, Orange Cassidy watches you pee. <laughs> well... So there was a fight backstage between the Young Bucks and Proud and Powerful. And yeah, that started during the commercial break, which was really weird. Yeah, well, before they went to commercial, um, let's just say that uh, somebody got thrown into a private bathroom door. And when the door slammed open after their head was shoved into it, Orange Cassidy was just sitting, or rather standing inside this bathroom, hands in his pockets, acting all chill. And Santana... <laughs> Santana just kind of dead-ass stares, and he just kind of sidles over really quietly and just very carefully closes the door and then continues to beat down. It's probably 
I don't think I've gotten more respect for Santana outside of that goddamn New York promo than I did with him <laughs> respecting Orange Cassidy watching people pee in a private bathroom. Okay, yeah, that's good. When are they going to give us Orange Cassidy versus Michael Nakazawa? Uh, give it some time. I bet Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen will happen one of these years. What if? What about a Double or Nothing two? You in the are, main event. You are on drugs. But give me some of them because that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, th- that was basically the crux of it. I mean, there was more beatdowns of the Young Bucks by Problem Powerful trying to put him out of the picture. Um, somewhere Brandon Cutler got in the picture, and naturally he got the shit beat out of him because he's Brandon fucking Cutler. And they lied. Mm-hmm, they did lie. I mean, that's what happens when you, you get involved in team party kill. I just love that. He just yells like, total hey, party Brandon, kill, sorry. we lied! Yep, it was really good. the shit out of him. It was like you knew they were going to turn their back at some point and just go right back at him, and they did. But now it's basically setting up, oh yeah, by the way, on the road to challenging SCU um, Santa Nortiz, you're going to have to go through Private Party. And in fact, they maybe announced that a little too quickly. Like, Private Party shows up, gets in the faces of Santana and Ortiz, and like five seconds later, the match is announced <laughs> yep. with graphics. They break, yep, they break up the fight, and it's like, oh hey, I guess this match is happening now. Yeah, it, it was so whiplashy that even Jared's like, wow, we were quick. And, yeah, don't fucking call that out, JR, but also true. And then we have the main event, which was a cluster. I, I just, this was, it was a weird, sloppy match with weird moments. Uh, I don't know what the point of this was at this point, other than SU looked weak as a result. And somehow, Scorpio Sky got the pin, and it wasn't on Sammy Guevara. It was actually on Chris Jericho. This and so, fucking main event. So now you have a situation where not only did the tag team champion successfully defend, but now Scorpio Sky has handed Chris Jericho's first loss and has done it by actually pinning the man. It's pretty wild. So yes. I guess... I mean, this is obviously just building to Scorpio Sky is Chris Jericho's next challenger. Yeah, exactly. It's going to happen on another Dynamite like two weeks down the road, and Scorpio Sky is going to lose horribly. Oh, no. But also, I think somehow, I'm thinking about this, during the a little bit of the bubbly um, whole thing, I think before that, didn't Chris Jericho say something about, look at this, Scorpio Sky, you'll never get a shot at this. Is this actually good long-term booking? It might actually be. I just it realized might actually this. actually be. Holy shit. That's the only good thing about any of this, because the match fucking sucked. Oh, man. God damn it. How did they remember that? Hey, at least they're smart about it. Yep. I mean, Chris Jericho also feels like the kind of person that would have pointed that out when they were putting the match together. Somebody would have pointed out. If not him, then Tony Khan, because Tony Khan's, like, creepy in how much he remembers. Except apparently how to build a proper women's division. Well, you can't remember what you never knew. Yeah, exactly. That's all I got for Dynamite. It was like a very weird, disjointed show. Started out very hot, as far as I'm concerned, and just lost its steam all throughout. Um, I hate to say it, 
because but I want to get ahead of Owen on this one because he's going to call it out if it happens. I would be surprised if uh, NXT pulls ahead in the ratings. I wouldn't be surprised either, honestly. I mean, it's hard to say, I think, but yeah, yeah, I especially because they didn't really have any. They they did have like one kind of Survivor Series thing tonight. Of uh, the episode ended with uh, Bailey showing up and fucking cheering Shayna with the back of the head. Nice. But I like, see Sean was, Spears has influenced everybody. But that was basically it. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Like I could, I could see it being more this week. I could also see it, uh, you know, kind of being close again. Yeah, but you also have to remember how much they are ag- right now, kind of aggressively promoting the NXT brand on the main roster shows. Oh, I know, I know. But yeah. like, they also didn't really do that this week because they were busy promoting the NXT UK people. Yeah, come watch NXT where. Where all the people are shitty because we're in England and British people can't have good shit. Damn. Talking ill of Flash Morgan Webster like that. Hey, I love Flash Morgan Webster. And they Do did you? my... They, I, I actually genuinely really love Flash Morgan Webster. He's okay. one of... Him and it Noam just, Dar are like two of my favorites in just, WWE. It doesn't sound like you love him that much. It sounds like you just like the... Put that dumpster and set it on fire and just uh, just throw him in there. Like Oscar, was... how could you? I can't believe it. Why'd you throw him off the parking garage, Oscar? Actually, how has how's Noam Dar been doing? I miss him. I don't know. He's down there at the bottom of the parking garage, bleeding out. What'd you do, Oscar? John, has Noam Dar been on TV in, like, the last year? I think he lives on NXT UK now, but I also think that he's probably just... Buried in the foundation of the parking garage. Oscar, why'd you do it? No it's because he didn't... He, he had to put... Uh, Oscar had to put Noam Dar in the place where he keeps the Amber Alert children. <laughs> oh, no. Noam Dar was just trying to help the children, and Oscar said that couldn't stand. Uh, well. At least Wardlow knows about that place, too, and he's helping build it up. <laughs> that's that's gonna do it for heel alternative this week. Like y'all seen that one uh, ep- that one chapter of Eternal Darkness where they make a pillar of like cement and it's uh, just all dead bodies in there and it's like something unholy that brings about the apocalypse. I get the feeling that uh, we're at that chapter of this world. A little late to get there, but you know Wardlow and Oscar they're working on it. Nomdar, <laughs> Nomdar was the only person that made me care about Alicia Fox. And, oh, wow. That actually stings a little bit internally. I like the leash of Fox. Boy, it sure is fun to talk about these bad things from the bad place. <laughs> which is what we're going to be doing uh, on Monday over on Heel Turn, over on the Mothership at ProWrestling.Cool. If I, you can ever convince me to watch Raw again after that fucking Bobby Lashley shit. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. We care about you, John. I don't want to. That's why I tried to trick Owen into fucking letting Oscar be on the show so that I can have a, so that Oscar can do that instead of me. John, John, don't lie. It's just because you're a sex addict and Raw is getting too close to home for you now. How much? I can't, I can't believe that. Oscar believed I was pregnant. <laughs> did you so, 
did, did you want to have sex in the tank? Yeah, on a scale of Stalin to Lenin, um, how likely would you be to uh, um, fetishize having sex inside a Russian tank? Full on Trotsky, baby. I got oh, my my shit. ice pick. My ice pick is so hard and stiff. Oh. Gonna get mad brain with it. Let's go. This is so hammer and I can't sickle, stand y'all. how much sex you're talking about. That's why I've chosen to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> One last bit of housekeeping news here before we go. Uh, hey, we're we're gonna go live next week over at Twitch.tv slash Pro Wrestling. Or maybe two weeks. I don't know. It all depends on if I can figure out how to fucking get y'all's guys' video to play. We're, we're going to try and figure it out because we do a lot of talking before and after recording this podcast. And it's stuff that otherwise uh, you, you never get to hear because we're not actually recording it. Like, you know, John Moxley pitching like a bunch of light tubes to Tony Khan and getting denied. <laughs> Or, or, you know, or praise against the machine. <laughs> yes, or, you know, what a praise against the machine but Christian band. <laughs> praise uh, you. Praise God. I will do what you tell me. I, I'm going to look some, up tears in my eyes up at the Lord with a cross behind me. <laughs> some some of those that work forces are the same that love crosses. I mean, the it, sad thing is that that's just true. <laughs> yeah, it actually is shit. That could actually know. probably be. That could actually probably have this, this a line in an actual rage song. Yeah, yeah. It just you know. Let's do, let's do plugs. Where can we find y'all? Oscar gone. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter dot com at Osog the Great, Instagram at Osog the Great, Twitch TV slash Osog the Great. If you look up Osog the Great on any social media site, you probably got me. And you can find me on twitter.com slash PSEG. And uh, I put up my stats there uh, for, like, match predictions on AEW every Wednesday. I have turned over the ranking stuff to PW.C on Twitter. And, you know, look, we're going we're to start going to war with Tony Khan's rankings because ours are better. Uh, you can also find me at twitch.tv slash PeaceEgg. That's P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G, the, the words. Also, Mixer.com slash PSEG. I'll probably never use that again unless uh, Twitch game's really, really awful. Or I find a better way to monetize Mixer because, you know, look, Daddy wants his money. What if I live in Edison Township, New Jersey, and I have a power outage? <laughs> Fuck you. I can't do shit about you. I'll go and ignore you, man. I'm just going to laugh at you on the tweet deck and uh, do what with uh, I don't know. And I've been your host, John Gavrexky Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places, including Twitch at video underscore shames, Twitter at I am John GM, Instagram at I am John GM, a whole myriad of places. I know I just said that, whatever. I don't know. Tell me tell me a place. I'll tell you if I'm on it. Is there a place that we can send you money, John? I mean, officially, you could send it to me. Uh, you can send it to all of us at Patreon.cool for just $5. You get a bunch of cool exclusive podcasts that we but do. What if like I, reviewing... But what if I don't like me, Tracer Owen? Venmo and I am John. <laughs> Pay the man. One day Owen is going to cancel us just for me constantly <laughs> saying that. I, I, I don't care. Let him try. <clears throat> we'll, we we'll have... Just... 
We'll just start our own alternative podcast, Face Turn. We're just going to start us one of them WordPresses. Anybody can do that, and they can become billionaires overnight. We'll be on we'll... sportsentertainment.cool. Oh, shit. Well, I guess we'll we'll figure this out when we see you uh, next week on episode one of Alternative Alternative. <laughs> one of those alternatives is spelled alternative with a U. Like, yes. turn. <laughs> the second one. Or maybe we'll see you on episode 8. Who knows? But until then, this has been episode 7 of Heel Alternative Pro Wrestling.Cool's Posse Podcast about professional wrestling. We will see you all next week. And until then, y'all come back now, you hear? Podcast is brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows.